0: Hey everyone, welcome to Video Games Daily. I'm Scott Johnson. Nintendo trademarks suggest Nintendo 64 Classic Edition is indeed on its way. Hmm. Looks like they're planning on releasing the next iteration of the Classic Console series, the N64, in a recent European trademark filing from the company. Uh, That looks like it's uh, for real. On July 18th, Nintendo filed four graphical trademarks with the European... Union Intellectual Property Office, it's called, and um, each one's a pretty simple black and white line drawing. It's art. 2D graphical representation of a console or a controller or whatever. One of them is definitely the three-pronged weirdo N64 controller with its three-arm design, central analog stick, and so on. Here's the reason it's notable, though. Um, Two of the other trademarks Nintendo filed for this week were also uh, discovered by a NeoGAF user, they consist of images we already have seen. One look like an NES controller. The look like a Super NES controller. And um, yeah, I mean, it seems obvious to me, doesn't it? To you? I mean, I don't know. Nintendo of America was contacted. They said we have nothing to announce on this topic. Well, duh. Finally, some closure. The identity of the Doom Marine has been revealed. You will not believe this sexy, sexy secret. Anyway, you want to know who the model on the cover of the original Doom video game was? Have you been asking yourself this question for 20 plus years? Well, legendary game developer Brenda Romero's husband, John Romero, said that the model they had hired for the shoot for the cover art... uh. Just wasn't understanding what they were looking for. So I took matter into his own pecs. Frustrated, I threw my shirt off and told them to give me the gun and get on the floor. Grab my arms, or sorry, grab my arm as one of the demons, Romero wrote. Defeated, he deferred. I aimed the gun in a slightly different direction and told Don, this is what I'm talking about. So there you go. It's the model's fault pretty iconic right if you look at that that uh, cover anyway <laughs> I don't know why I thought this story was interesting but hey it made the it made the uh, list today and I hope you enjoyed it Doom the cover the marine finally all answers are eventually revealed right? Pokemon Go's new update lets you be a little lazier than you were before. You don't have to walk all the way to the gym and back, it turns out now. Let's dig into this. The uh, latest update for Pokemon Go adds a small but I think useful feature for those who, uh, I don't know, keep a lot of their Pokemon, <laughs> their pokemon their, poke, their pocket monsters at gyms. Players can now uh, feed berries to their gym-defending Pokemon remotely, which means you don't have to hoof it all the way over to the gym anymore. I mean, you still, it's primarily a, I mean, the the word go is in the app, so you still need to go a lot, right? Anyway, you don't have to go all the way over there anymore. Uh, The berry feeding mechanic is one of the freshest additions to the game. It's part of Niantic's big gym overhaul in June. Developer gave players a new incentive to check out Pokemon Go uh, competitive features, bonding with their Pokemon by giving them berries, which would in turn help them stay motivated to fight at the gym. Uh, the only real downside doing this remotely is um, I don't know you won't become as motivated if you don't you know are you gonna feed them it's kind of like if a if a seven eleven's right down the street you ever gonna go there anymore was it was it more likely you'd go there when it was further away when it was harder to get to sometimes convenience has this weird paradoxical opposite effect anyway, the feature likely to get a lot of lila- uh, mileage in the colder months of course. That's when it would make the most sense. If uh, you live where I live, you get some nice snow in the winter, and maybe I want to do that stuff remotely. Maybe I do. All right, in other Doom news. That's right, two big stories from Doom today. 6.66 update. Uh we'll make all DLC free. Whoa. Previously paid DLC will now be free and revises the multiplayer progression. And uh the price also drops to 14.99. You get free weekends coming to all platforms. It looks to me like they're ramping up Doom again. I don't know why, but anyway, their latest they update, they're calling it the 666 update, 6.66. <laughs> get it? Number of the devil there and all that. Uh, Is retiring the game's premium season pass and makes all of its multiplayer DLC content absolutely free for everybody. Which I'm stoked about because I never paid a dime for that stuff, but I wanted to kind of look at it, so I'm happy to check that out. Uh, They're also revising the multiplayer progression system, as I mentioned, and a bunch of other changes. So here are the uh, now free bits of DLC. Unto the Evil, Hell Followed, and Bloodfall packs. Those came out between August and December of last year? Yeah. And uh, that was nine maps altogether, three more guns, three playable demons, uh, armor customization, special abilities, and more. Season pass for all the DLC originally cost you 40 bucks, so that's a pretty good deal. Also overlocks, or overlocks, overhauls Doom's unlocking system for additional guns, equipment, playable demons, and customizations. So that's coming. Uh, here's a quote from Marty Stratton. Dooms director says now if there's a specific helmet you want, you can work toward unlocking it by fo- focusing your playstyle on the related challenge. I like the sound of that. It's pretty good. Uh, for those of you who don't have it, this is the the big deal. Uh, Bethesda has cut Doom's price to $14.99 on digital marketplaces only. So that's Windows PC, uh, uh, Steam, blah blah blah. Wherever you can get it digitally, just not the box copy. On Windows PC and Xbox One, you can also try it over the free weekend beginning Thursday, July 20th. That's today. And at noon, Xbox One uh, and 1 p.m. for PC. PlayStation 4 owners can try a free weekend beginning noon, Thursday, July 27th. So it's delayed for who knows why. And there's also a free trial, so you guys can check that out. I don't know. Seems like they're into making Doom big again in 2017. hey everybody uh how's it going scott johnson here with video games daily and uh here's the deal i was out of town i went camping and i've been gone for a couple of days so i'm here to catch up and there's stuff to talk about like pokemon go's first legendary pokemon got revealed and they did it at that pokemon go fest thing that's been going on it is going to be lugia am i saying it right l-u-g-i-a again not a big pokemon person so i don't know Uh, second one heading to the game soon as well. That'll be Articuno. Articuno. Now, some of you are going, yeah, Scott, duh, those are great for whatever reasons. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's going to be a special raid battle uh, for the second one. That's how you'll get it. But all attendees of this event are going to get their Lugia in their accounts with no need to battle for it. So they're just going to straight up get it. Uh, originally, they were going to have to unlock and fight the legendary monster at the event's end. But there were serious server issues. So they said, you know what? You're all here. We'll just let you have it. It's not a problem. Uh, Did anyone go to that? Because I'd sure like to talk to one of you. Maybe right here on the show. Seriously, if one of you went to uh, Pokemon Go Fest and you want to talk to me about it right here on Video Games Daily, I would love to do that. So hook me up, son. like overwatch could be getting some new weapons or weapon skins or maybe both maybe perhaps the ability to change them anyone everyone or anyway i should say everyone loves overwatch skins now you could argue they're already uh weapon skins in the game because when you change your character skin your weapon is skinned according to that skin right so if you're Junkrat and you got the halloween flavored one your your ball chucker thing is now kind of halloween designed you know what i mean so it's kind of like that, uh, but now we're talking about separating the two. This is according to evidence discovered by some redditors in a recent video from developer Blizzard Entertainment. Currently, characters' weapons are tied to their skins, like I mentioned before. I don't think the I think the only weapons that exist independent of those skin choices are the gold ones, uh, and you get those through competitive matches, earning competitive points. Blah blah blah. Right? We all knew about that, but. Uh, yeah, this there's good reason to believe. During this video they say at about the four minute mark, there's a glimpse of Soldier Seventy-six wearing his classic skin, but he's holding a never before-seen heavy pulse rifle, very different rifle. And uh, the underbarrel rocket launcher is still there, although it appears to have a couple of prongs above it. Anyway, uh, that could mean a lot of things, but it's entirely possible you're talking about a totally different gun weapon or gun skin with his default skin led people to believe that perhaps the guns and the skins could be separate at some point anyway uh, we're hoping that this is true here at uh, Video Games Daily at least I am I like this idea a lot uh, bring it on how many fists and doom fist fist Ooh, time to change it up Contact. Alright, Destiny 2 is starting to get some early beta feedback, some impressions from around the internet, from players who are part of the beta, as well as some uh, uh, publications, websites, blogs, places that normally see this sort of stuff early. Oh, why would my phone be ringing? Let's decline that. That's only a little annoying, isn't it? Anyway, the Destiny 2 beta is now open to anybody who owns a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It has not yet landed on PC. We're expecting that in, what, 25 days or something. But some folks at various sites have played it and uh, getting their bearings in there. And the general feeling is, from many, Destiny 2 plays a lot like Destiny 1. And some are saying that's a very good thing. That's what we want. Others have said, hmm, maybe a little more than Destiny 1 is what I'm looking for for a $59 game. Uh, some say they weren't expecting it to be that different. Some say they were expecting much more than, they, than they're they getting. But the one thing they're all uh, saying is that this is multiplayer, mostly beta. We're not talking about a lot of the single-player content, although there is a lot of story at the beginning of this. In fact, I've heard tale, I haven't played the beta myself, but that the, beta, or the first part of the beta is actually better than the entirety of the story of the first game so if that's the case then maybe we're in good hands if not we're screwed either way you excited about destiny 2 will you be getting it on pc or console let me know scott at frogpants.com Hello everybody, Uh, welcome to Video Games Daily, I'm Scott Johnson, and uh, there's some news in the Splatoon 2 world. Uh, I bought this game, been playing it, I really like it. I didn't play Splatoon 1, so I don't have a lot of reference points for what that whole deal is about, but um, yeah, playing a lot of Splatoon 2, and um, people are complaining about a a frustrating multiplayer quirk They didn't, um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know this was a problem. Anyway, it's many are saying it's a worthy follow up to the Wii U's, uh, you know, successful first game. But uh, what really makes it worth the dip is the co op mode. According to some, that is called Salmon Run, which is we've already got a lot of fans. People like it, and uh, turns out Nintendo doesn't really want you to play too much of it. If you've seen uh, Salmon Run live on YouTube, the, uh, the you know people play that there. Anyway, you can see how this thing works. Up to four players work together to take down three waves of enemies, each of whom have unique weak spots, drop golden eggs in their wake, hitting an egg uh, quota for the time, or see, before the time runs out, moves you on to the next wave. It's a pretty crazy, fun, cooperative thing to do. And uh, people like it. Here's the only problem. Salmon Run is only playable online on a schedule, putting some severe limits on what many think Splatoon's most of fun edition is. So when they s- revealed how it worked, they kind of have it as like a oh hey, it's almost like Pokemon Go or whatever. It's like oh, a thing has hatched. Everybody, run and get the thing that hatched. Oh no, a thing has hatched. Anyway, it also does lo- local multiplayer. Uh, so, but it's like raids, and I haven't had I haven't had to deal with this yet. What do you guys think? More Nintendo news, Overcooked is coming to the Nintendo Switch this week. By the way, I picked up something called Goner for the Switch. It's a, I don't know what to call it. It's like a roguelike shooter thing, artistic nightmare weirdo game that is also on Steam, but I missed it there for some reason. That came out late last year or early this year, and now that's on Switch, and I'm kind of in love with it, and I'll talk about that later. But uh, if that wasn't enough for you, Overcooked is coming to the Switch again this week. It's a great multiplayer game if you haven't uh, checked it out before. Team 17 the publisher, developer, Ghost Town Games. We'll release Overcooked Special Edition on July 27th. This comes out on the Nintendo eShop. There are a lot in here, including 44 campaign levels, which can be played solo or couch co-op with four players. Nine versus levels to play head-to-head locally or with two to four players. 22 different chefs to play as. Humans, raccoons, dinosaurs, French bulldogs, robots, and even more. And uh, a bunch of new kitchens that weren't in the original game. Anyway... Uh, I have heard that the, the the solo experience is not nearly as good as the full-blown multiplayer stuff, and I've only seen this played. I've never played it, but many, many are saying <laughs> it is one of the best multiplayer games of all of 2016, and uh, if you want to see uh, this thing, now's your chance, I guess, if you own a Switch. It's also available on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and of course, Xbox One, so... This is nothing new to those folks, but if you are a Switch owner, buyer, and that is now your primary platform for playing of the video games, Overcooked is your jam. Well, Niantic had a horrible week last week. So did attendees of the uh, Pokemon Go Fest. PokéFest. No, it's just Pokémon Go Fest. Uh, in a quote, a spokesman from Niantic says, this is clearly not what we were hoping for. In case you guys missed it, it went real bad. As poorly and as badly as it could possibly go. Visitors who traveled far and wide from around the world, and country, of course, spent hours in the blistering sun, unable to play the game due to massive bugs and server errors. And nobody felt that heat more than Niantic, game's developer. Uh, it went real bad. Uh, and it's not just, I mean, the whole event is a, is the whole idea is everybody gets together and y'all play Pokemon Go. That's why this exists. It's not to come listen to a bunch of panels. It's not like a typical Comic-Con thing where there's a lot of that sort of stuff on display. It is to bring the Pokemon Go community together so y'all can play together. Whew, did not, did not go well. Uh, it says obviously they can't completely make it up to the people who have come out to Chicago today, but they want to extend uh, the fact that they are extremely apologetic and unhappy with the process and the results, says a spokesperson to a small group of press. Uh, quote, hopefully this is something we will never see replicated again. Learn from this and move on. Uh, they offered some compensation. You a $100 in in-game currency for all ticket holders. Not long after that, they also offered full refunds to everybody for their $20 wristbands. I assume that was like their their badge to get around. I don't know how that worked, actually. But anyway. Uh, Niantic put out a much uh, softer apology on its website. Uh, I just know the staff here are pretty horrified with the results. I'm super sorry, guys. I'm really sorry, especially for anyone who traveled international, East Coast, and from all over. Uh, This is clearly not what we hoped for. Thanks for your patience. Anyway. Anyway. I think they kind of maybe should have prepared more. Maybe didn't have a giant patch uh, on the day that you're doing your thing or having all these server issues. I mean, you got to plan for this stuff. This is your whole reason for having this event. And so many people showed up thousands of people. Come on, pull it together, get it together. Don't do that again. Well, Fortnite finally available for early access on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Following years of development, numerous tests internally and externally, I think a complete art overhaul at one point, if I remember right. But anyway, it's been in development forever. This is the tower defense slash survival game hybrid thing from Gears of War and Unreal Tournament creator Epic Games, or Epic Games. <laughs> it's finally ready to launch. It's in early access, uh, however. I don't know how that works on PlayStation 4 and Xbox, though. Can they do that? Or do they have to call it a beta? I don't know how that works. Anyway, uh, it is... When it comes out, it will be free to play, but right now, this is sort of like paid early access. And uh, if you're interested, you want to do it now, you can pay 40 bucks for the standalone version of Fortnite. This includes access to the game, its various bonuses, such as loot packs and additional customization options. Uh, more expensive versions of the game, including a deluxe $60 package, super deluxe $80 package, and limited edition $150. They come with other bonuses, like weapon packs, additional hero characters, bonus copies of the game. You can share with your friends, that kind of stuff. It it Honestly, I've seen what I've seen of the game, and I think it looks neat and all, but it's basically Orcs Must Die. Have you played that? I mean, that's the game it reminds me of. Uh... It was first revealed back in December of 2011. I remember this. Cliff Blazinski Bles- got up on stage. He was still working at Epic then. And they showed this sort of cartoony survival game where you explore and scavenge. And a lot of that stuff stayed in, but it's changed quite a bit as well. Anyway, uh, if you want to play this thing, you're going to need some pretty hefty specs also, it turns out. 8 gig of RAM minimum. Oh no, 4 gig. I'm sorry. 8 gig is what they're recommending. That's not too bad. Uh, and a Core i3 uh, 2.4 gigahertz as a minimum. That seems a little high. GTX 660 or AMD Radeon HD 7870 or equivalent for DirectX 11 uh, play. Anyway, I, I'm i anxious to see, see what the world thinks finally of this game. I mean, we're almost seven, eight years into when this thing was originally announced, so now it's playable. I'm not I don't think I'm feeling all that anxious to spend 40 bucks on it. I will wait till it's, uh, you know, out. But for those of you lucky enough to give it a shot, uh, let me know what you think. Scott at FrogPants.com. That'll do it for today. See you guys next time on Video Games Daily. Microphone over here. It's time for Video Games Daily with Scott Johnson, and I'm here to tell you something you may not be real happy about. New TSA rules are out today, and they're going to force iPad, Kindle, Nintendo Switches, all into the X-ray bins. That means lines are going to be longer. It used to be you could just keep this stuff in your bag, but now you gotta you gotta pull them out. It says here, devices like tablets, e-readers, and gaming handhelds will soon join laptops in the class of electronics that need to be placed in a bin for x-ray screenings. May not seem like a lot until you realize how many people that is and how slow that will go. Uh, They say the revised guidelines are meant to address an increased threat in aviation security and raise the baseline for aviation security worldwide. Longer lines, bigger pain. I mean, I guess you could take a Nintendo Switch and jam some sort of explosive device in there. I don't think that's that crazy of an idea. But the TSA kind of lost me that year I had a big knife in my bag and forgot I left it in there from a camp out. It sat in my bag uh, both ways and no one stopped it or caught it or did anything. So I don't know why they're worried about my switch at this point. I don't want to editorialize too much, but come on, come on. Anyway, good luck to you. You get some of that stuff and most of you do. You got to put it in the tray. nintendo switch speaking of switches sells another two million as the company's profits surge they're still projecting 10 million sold in the first year that is a strong strong number so the switch has sold 4.7 million units so far and arms has already sold 1 million copies arms did pretty well for them the legend of zelda breath of the wild and mario kart 8 deluxe both launch or launch window titles have sold 3.9 million each and 3.5 million copies worldwide Uh, arms launched in june on june 16th barely made it into the reporting window and they moved 1.18 million splatoon 2 which came out a little bit ago uh, is expected to do pretty well did not make the cut for this reporting of course Uh, by the way that game's pretty great i kind of can't stop playing it it's weirdly stupid fun they really got something with that i didn't play the first one so if i act like i'm new to it it's because i am Anyway, Nintendo's last quarterly report said it sold at 2.74 million switches in the first month of its launch. That means Nintendo has sold 2 million units from April till end of June, and uh, they maintain its estimate of moving 10 million will happen by March of 2018. Uh, By comparison, the Wii U sold about 13.56 million consoles between its 2012 and discontinuation in 2016. So it took a long time for that to kind of pan out, and that number was never very great. 2DS XL launched in Australia and New Zealand in mid-June. That accounted for 20,000 units sold. And the worldwide launch for that thing is not until when's that? That happens soon. Or is that out now? Well, anyway, either way, all this stuff is boosting their third quarter net uh, sales. Gross and profit, operating profit, all that stuff are all at four-year highs. That's crazy. They expect uh, 2018's fiscal year... It would be their highest operating profit since 2011. Think of that. Contact. Xbox Games with Gold for August looks pretty good. You're going to get Bayonetta and Red Faction. Uh, also Trials Fusion. So that's another thing you can get. Anyway, that's pretty good. These are the Xbox Live Gold subscriber free games that are coming out uh, there. If you don't have an Xbox and you have a PlayStation, this is a bit like PlayStation Plus that they do every month with free games. Also, Slime uh, Slime Rancher. Rather, I have this on PC. little indie title, Life Sim thing. That launches on October 1st. August 1st, sorry. It will also be available on Xbox One for the entire month. Uh, Slime Rancher has been available in Steam. That's where I have it. Then you get Trials Fusion. You got Bayonetta. Uh, Bayonetta's what? How old is this now? 2009? And then you got Red Faction Armageddon. It's the last title in the third-person shooter series, but it's also old. (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, but it's been a while. Anyway, there are six days left in Xbox Live Gold members to collect Grow Up and LEGO Pirates of the Caribbean, the video game. And, uh... If you haven't already got those, get in there. Why don't you want your free stuff? Come on guys, get your free stuff. The private Warcraft server that was restoring the original Burning Crusade expansion has been shut down hours after it went online. 4 years of work by a single fan gone, done. I don't know what he expected, but anyway, it's another one of these private servers running an old version of Warcraft, this time not vanilla, but actual Burning Crusade, I'm starting to think it's a little ridiculous. What, he you just going to keep working up to the expansions as time moves on? Anyway, they shut the whole thing down. Uh, it's called Femist, or Femist, Felmist, sorry. It's a project by Gummy52, as he was known. Would have been a uh, World of Warcraft, uh, Burning Crusade expansion sort of deal. And he worked on this thing for four years, as I mentioned before. Did it while he was unemployed, coping with multiple sclerosis. That one's one's not going to help the story much, is it? It's not going to help the optics for Blizzard. Anyway, the effort to restore a vanilla server of World of Warcraft resembles other fan-driven legacy stuff like Nostralis. Similarly shut down, although it took a little longer... Uh, They were closed a couple of times. Those people met with Blizzard. Nothing really came out of that, but uh, Gummy52, according to Ars Technica, has considered releasing uh, the source code and hosting Felmist in another jurisdiction that would be harder for Blizzard lawyers to reach. He's unsure of the legal exposure, so he's working with people on that. Uh, Felmist was going to support 3,000 players. Uh, he said he hoped a, its small size would avoid legal, uh, legal action from Blizzard. It did not. Literally, hours after it had gone up, he was notified that he would be sued into oblivion if he didn't take it off. I don't know how to feel about these still. I'm kind of torn. Welcome back to Video Games Daily. I'm Scott Johnson, and if you're playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, you're happy about this recent patch, I'm thinking. It added car horns, Xbox controller support, and FPS-only servers. Hmm. That's a pretty big update. Um, I'm annoyed with it, though. I played it last night, and what annoys me about this update is that the controller thing kicks in whether you want it to or not. So even though I'm playing with a keyboard and mouse... It's not smart enough to switch to say, you know, use E or F or whatever, all your little on-screen prompts and stuff. Instead, all of those prompts are tied to an Xbox controller, so hit X, hit A, whatever, trigger, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's fine, except I don't want that when I'm playing with a computer, so there's no way to, that I can see to turn that off. There may be a way to turn it off indefinitely, but the way I've been doing it is unplugging the controller, so that's a little bit annoying. You're also getting car horns really a thing. It's a small thing, but people, I don't know, got excited about this idea of honking a horn, alert your enemies, but also your friends. I'm still not entirely sure why that's cool, but anyway, there's also a new weapon in the game. Uh, This new weapon is a Mark 14 Enhanced Battle Rifle, MK14 EBR for short, and uh, accepts all sniper rifle attachments, so a new sniper rifle, essentially, which is good. The game doesn't have near enough of those, in my opinion. There are new faces, new hairstyles, <clears throat> first-person-only servers. Uh, they want to cater to the uh, to the hardcore uh, people, and uh, so this mode is purely uh, first-person, no third-person, which I don't know how that makes it more hardcore, but I guess it does. I feel like the other way is just fine, too. Uh, there's also a new uh, feature that is should limit the practice of kill-stealing steal- or sniping players who have been you know first down by somebody else so some people kill knocked out teammates in order to avoid giving kill count to the opponent who knocked them down now the kill count will still go to the opponent in this specific case so in other words i'm not going to get you're not going to take credit away from the enemy if they kill your knocked out guy anyway lots of updates lots of stuff happening to that game continues to be well supported classic pre-orders will be open later this month this is according to nintendo an actual confirmed report so you will get another chance to pre-order the device and of course you'll have a final chance to get grab it on launch day so if you want to brave that you can do that but anyway they're going to do this they confirmed this on facebook so there are a number of stores that will take early purchases in late august uh should you miss out on that stuff of course you can grab it when it's released Quote, a significant amount of additional systems will be shipped to stores on launch day and throughout the balance of the calendar year, according to the Post. Walmart, uh, if you remember last week or a week or two ago, what was it, a week ago? Lost track. It was at a family reunion again. Anyway, they uh, caused a stir because they flipped on the switch for pre-orders. Turns out it wasn't time yet. A bunch of people did that. They got canceled without being told why. Uh... But Target has already confirmed that it will make shipment available for uh, pre-order sometime ahead of the SNES Classic September September 29th launch. And we will keep you posted on when that changes or what happens. Stardew Valley's multiplayer lets you marry your friends and more. (laughs) You're going to have to wait a while, including uh, a little beta period for this testing to happen, but Stardew Valley's multiplayer update does remain in the works, as promised by developer Chucklefish, who's still, I assume that's still one dude, or maybe you made enough money, there's more guys. Now, anyway, in a post on the game's website, Chucklefish designer Tom Coxon talked about how multiplayer shakes up the farming sims gameplay and that marrying your friends or hiring them to work for you are all going to be possibilities. Uh, That's interesting. By the way, there will not be any local split-screen options for multiplayer, so you're going to have to do this purely online. It will rely on Steam and other platforms' online invitation system to get games going. I think that that's fine. Uh, The multiplayer update to Stardew Valley has a ways to go. They do not expect it to arrive until early 2016. Sorry, 2018. Uh, That's not going back in time. 2018 on Linux, Mac, and Windows PC. Consoles will get the update, too. That will start with the Nintendo Switch, funny enough, despite all of its multiplayer problems. Uh, But uh, anyway, you're going to have to wait like a year before you are farming with your friends and marrying other dudes that you know in real life. Or ladies, dudes or ladies, whatever. Whatever. PlayStation Plus subscribers are going to be ticked in the Europe area. In the EU, EU, I guess. Although, is it still the EU or has Britain screwed all that up now? Whatever. Expect your PlayStation Plus subscription to go up in those parts of the world. That is reminiscent of the price hike for US members last year. So we already bit the bullet on that one, guys. Don't get all mad at us. We had to do it already. uh, This starts on, let's see, August 31st. A full year membership for those in the United Kingdom will go from £39 to £49.99. For those in the European Union, the price will jump from €49 to €59. It's kind of a... They were already a little higher. Of course, these aren't, you know... Currency rates aren't exactly matching up right now, so who knows what that is. The information comes uh, via some weird anecdotal reports via Twitter. And it was all about an email that Sony sent to PS Plus members in Europe. Um, The email has since been verified by Eurogamer. No reason for the price increases was given by the email, although it probably echoes the increase to members in the United States last year. As you know, it's required to play online games. So, uh, and as well as other uh, things, right? Other benefits. Uh, Reddit user uh, somewhere created a really interesting chart breaking down the increases for the United Kingdom. If you want to go look at that, you can certainly Google it. Uh, Looks like Sony, as of today, uh, responded with a statement regarding the price increases. And here's how it goes. There's no specifics here, but they say this. Quote, we are changing the pricing to reflect various market conditions while enabling us to continue providing exceptional value to our members. Titanfall 2 has gone free, and it's only there and available for free on EA and Origin Access. Hop in, pilots. Get in there. Get your pants on. Put on your helmet. Get in there. Titanfall 2 is a great game, by the way. If you haven't played it already, you should. Anyway, it's for free or is available for free now for anybody who has a publisher electronic art subscription service, their Origin Access thing for Windows PC and Xbox One. So those two platforms are covered. If you have it on PlayStation... Sorry, too bad, so sad. Anyway, it's the latest entrant into what they call The Vault. It's a growing collection of games that are free to subscribers of EA Access on Xbox One or PC on Origin there. Actually, I guess that's called just Origin Access. EA announced in early July that its two biggest games of fall 2016, Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1 were both on their way. We do not know when Battlefield 1 will arrive there. That thing's still selling really well, so I don't know if they want to do that just yet. At any rate, the way this thing works is you get uh, $4.99 a month or $29.99 a year for a little bit of savings. That gets you access. Um, EA announced earlier this month it will be removing a game from the EA Access Library in October 23, or in the form of October 2013's FIFA 14. This will be the first instance of a delisting of a game. So this is like, imagine like a, a big thick straw and you're putting a bunch of marbles in it. It can only fit so many marbles before one of the marbles has to come out the other side. Although that scenario doesn't work at all because there's no limit and they don't have to really take them out. But they're gonna, so get used to it. Hey, what's going on? Let's move this microphone down here and get a little video games daily in today. I'm Scott Johnson, Monster Hunter XX. Is that 20? I don't know. Anyway, if you're interested in the Monster Hunter series and what was happening on the Switch, you're going to get the Nintendo Switch demo version next week. Uh, specifically in the Japanese eShop on August 10th. So if that was a thing you were hanging on to do, now's your chance. Switch version of Monster Hunter Double X. It's been uh, hotly anticipated by people who like that series. Look, I'm not going to pretend I'm a big Monster Hunter expert or fan. Okay? Because I'm not. This show's all about the headlines, and I feel like I need to bring you the ones, even the ones I'm not interested in (laughs) as much. Uh, Since the console itself is region-free, there's no reason you couldn't grab this. Um, You don't have to have a Japanese Switch or anything weird like that. You just have to create a Nintendo account and select the right region. Once you create that account, then you link it to yours... Uh, The thing is going to be in total Japanese, so if you're looking for localization, that ain't going to happen until the English version comes around. But uh, at any rate, if you're into Monster Hunter and the Monster Hunter series, you're probably also looking forward to Monster Hunter World, which is arriving on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in early 2018. A PC release is also planned. Also, there's a next entry in the 3DS series, a turn-based RPG spinoff called Monster Hunter Stories. I feel like Monster Hunter is Capcom's new money bag. At least everywhere but in my house. Friday the 13th has sold almost 2 million copies. That means... That's enough of a threshold to get a physical release, and it got dated. Turns out horror games sell and sell well. Lots of press around the Friday the 13th game. Very buggy launch. Controversy surrounding the still-in-development single-player mode. Despite all these issues, the game has still managed to sell a good number of copies. Two million copies. Publisher Gun Media announced today the game has moved uh, that many units, and they say that uh, despite all their launch issues and issues uh, surrounding post-release, they're still going to have this thing come out on retail. Quote, it's been a long two months from our team here at Gun and Ilphonic. Is that how you say it? We've had an incredibly supportive and dedicated community since we launched. And while things haven't been completely smooth, we definitely feel confident moving forward. The team has grown and we are committed as uh, we are committed to work to add more content, more kills, more to do. And of course, the single player component of the game, unquote. So if you were worried they were going to slack on that, apparently they still have a uh, reasonable commitment there. Uh, the retail version coming to PS4 and Xbox One will happen on Friday the 13th, this October. Get it? Friday the 13th is the release date. Oh, my goodness. It includes a bloody Jason skin and a free clothing pack for playable uh, camp counselors. It will cost 40 bucks. same price as what you're paying for digital right now. If you currently own, say, the Steam version, uh, expect no PC retail release for that, but do expect continued support for that game, they say. Uh, this is one I've held off on getting until everyone tells me everything's smooth and nice, and maybe we're there, and maybe it's time. Contact. All right, The Overwatchers, Summer Games event returns. Remember last year? They did it all around the Olympic Games, so that was weird, right? I mean, that was a That was the point of having it. But they're going to do this every year, it looks like. Overwatch's Summer Games event returns August 8th. That is next week. Now with even more Lucio Ball. It's now going to be an annual, and their original, mind you, seasonal event. That's a Tuesday, by the way. It will return to Overwatch, uh, Lucio Ball that is, as a limited time event. And this year they're adding a new stadium, Sydney, Australia. Alongside the returning Rio Stadium map, the developer is also changing some of the rules. For Lucio Ball and has removed the ability to boop enemies with Lucio's sound wave attack and has changed the way his ultimate ability works. No longer pulls the ball toward the player. Blizzard says, uh, instead, they have increased Lucio's speed and the speed of his boop. Which I guess is, so it's still in there? So the boop is in there, but it's not in there? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, they're going to have a bunch of new cosmetics and stuff you can roll for in your loot boxes, including new skins, new sprays, new emotes. And the old stuff. Uh, last year you couldn't buy those things without uh, or with credits. This year you'll get the Summer Games 2016 content at a reduced cost. So that's cool. New legendary skins are going to cost you 3,000 credits. The stuff from last year, 1,000. Epic skins, 750. Last year, 250. Rare tier will cost 225 for the new stuff, and rare for the old stuff at 75 commenter across the board will also be 75 anyway if you're excited about it then get in there because well tuesday's your day the witcher is getting a coloring book (laughs) you think i'm kidding i'm not Literally, the Witcher, you know, the Witcher series, is getting a coloring book. It's called the Witcher Adult Coloring Book. It will feature, you guessed it, at least partially, Bathtub Geralt. He'll be in there. <laughs> Comes out in November, you'll be able to fill pages and pages of Witcher artwork with colors from your own imagination. A collaboration between series developer CD Project Red and publisher Dark Horse Comics. The Witcher Adult comic book is uh, going to be a trade-to-paperback thing. 96 pages, going to be a 10 by 10 square design. Uh, adult in this context refers to the complexity of the line drawings in the book. Don't expect to see a bunch of, you know, nudie stuff. No wieners or boobies or anything, okay? So, uh... So that's a thing. Uh Is that a thing you want, though? <laughs> I feel like if you're really into The Witcher, this might be a thing to get. I have a friend who's so into The Witcher that... How can I not pre-order this for them? Uh... Because she's going to love it. So I think that's what this is more for. It's more for gifts. Anyway, uh, expect this. Uh, oh, by the way, illustrated by Mariana Strykowski, I think that's how you say her name. Yun Chen Tang and Scott Wade will sell uh, November 1st for pre order. Or the pre order price right now is $14.99. So get your bathtub Geralt on.